Read the word of the Lord and, and we'll get started. Matthew 24, 36 through 44. But of that day and hour, no, and this is the Lord Jesus speaking in the Olivet Discourse. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as of the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Mommy, I think you need to take them in the other room and watch on the video. Unless you're going to be able to be quiet. Gabriel, everyone's listening. Are you going to be able to behave like you do in church very well? If you don't, you're going to need to leave the room so people can hear properly. Well, again, beloved, the reason we're having our webcast from home today, and by the way, uh, this is a lot harder for me. Uh, I would much prefer to be in the church. It's very awkward. Uh, I had to get all the equipment to bring it home. We couldn't get the video camera working right right before we started. I was thankful Gabriel ran over and gave me a hug because I was getting pretty anxious about it. Um, why are we doing this? I'd prefer to be at the church, and we may find that the rain doesn't hit hard. Uh, but it is because of Hurricane Hillary. Uh, we're webcasting worship from our home to your homes to be safe. Ultimately, Session had to make the hard decision thinking about all the forecasts and declaration of emergency and not wanting to be in the situation where we can't get out of it if we are there and anyone in danger. Uh, we're watching and trying to be ready for the flood waters. We're watching and trying to be ready for the flood waters. Many were preparing yesterday, as you know. I'm sure many of you were out there getting ready in, in case the flood waters do cause problems and we lose power and we don't have the ability to eat or cook for a while. But many were not. You see on the news, some were taking it seriously, some were not taking it seriously. Uh, many were preparing, some were denying that it's even going to hit San Diego. Why? Because we've never experienced it. It's almost never happened a tropical storm or hurricane like this in Southern California, and certainly not within most people's lifetimes. So because it's never happened, we don't think it ever will happen. Because we've never seen that kind of a danger, we don't think it will happen. But just because we haven't doesn't mean it won't. Abraham was influencing me especially, because I'm not too good uh, at being responsible, preparing for these things. Uh, he was reminding us of Elder uh, Renner's special class for the church a few years ago about being ready for emergencies, having everything ready. Abraham's whole pack together, but we wanted to get more things prepared in case we had to stay in the house, in case we lose power, ways to have food. We want to be ready for emergency, and you need to be prepared for emergency. And when a bad storm or some danger or earthquake is coming, you need to be watching. You need to be ready. You can't act like it's the same old day and go about things the same way. You don't know exactly when it could come, but you have to heed the warning and be ready. Because afterwards, if it does hit hard, it's too late. This is called a cyclone. 
And the floodwaters are said to likely be catastrophic. That should get our attention. We shouldn't be laissez-faire about it. And, you know, yes, we trust the Lord, but he also uses means and calls upon us to protect our lives and the lives of others. And uh, that should get our attention, just like the flood warnings Hiking the Narrows. Mr. Renner also likes to hike the Narrows and you walk through that water, but it's these steep, steep, tall rocks and he brought the boys there not long ago. But they have flood warnings and if there's any flood warning, you don't go in and you get out fast. You take it seriously. Or what's going to happen? Before you know it, the waters come through, rushing through, fill the place and everyone drowns. You've got to take it seriously. You've got to respond with a change of behavior, just like we call repentance a change of mind and heart. You've got to take attention and, and prepare and respond accordingly, just like the warnings of Jesus connected to Noah's flood in our text today. And especially focusing on, focusing on verses 30 to 7 to 39, uh, where I give you the main point of our sermon. Look at verses 37 to 39. For, uh, but as the days of Noah, Jesus says, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. He's referring to himself when he comes back at the consummation of his kingdom. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until, that, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus is using this as a warning. He's saying, nobody was preparing. Everybody was acting like it was the same old normal day. They weren't paying attention to Noah. They weren't paying attention to the building of this ark. They weren't asking to be brought in and be part of God's people in the church. And so when the floods came, nobody was prepared for it. But when it came, it came hard and suddenly, and they all drowned. Only eight people were left. The scriptures tell us that the next judgment will be the same. Jesus says it will be the same. Not many people will be in the ark, in the church at the end. Not many people will be saved from God's final judgment. He's warning. He's saying, get ready and be ready for this because when it comes, it's going to be too late to say, oh, now I'll get prepared. It's going to be too late to say, now I'll get the sandbags. It'll be too late to say, now I'll get to higher ground. It'll too, be too late to get away from the beach. It'll be too late to get in or build a boat. It'll be too late. When Jesus comes back, there'll be no room for this idea of another repentance. and There'll be no videotapes left behind. It'll be it. It'll be over. When he comes back, human history is over. Judgment day happens. And any who are not trusting in Christ and in the church, the ark and Noah being a picture of that, a figure of that, it'll be too late. You won't see it coming. You've ignored the signs, and now you're dead. Only this problem is you'll be drowning in the hellfire forever. Because the return of Jesus Christ on Judgment Day will be as swift, severe, and final as the days of Noah's flood, we always need to be watching to be ready to survive it. I give that to you as the main idea of our text, especially focusing on verses 37 to 39. Because the return of Jesus Christ on Judgment Day will be as swift, severe, and final as the days of Noah's flood. We always need to be watching to be ready to survive it. Let us review the story of the flood with Noah. There are some things in particular 
I want us to see. But reviewing the story directly hopefully really will weigh on us seriously with the illustration of the potential dangers of the hurricane and the warning to be prepared and to be safe and to be spared death. Uh, we're going to turn to Genesis 6 to begin with. And uh, we're going to look at most of these chapters, but I'll read through, uh, try to read through relatively quickly. Genesis 6, 5 to 8 to start with. Genesis 6, 5 to 8. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Now I want to ask you, I mean, of course, all human history, but could, he, could that not be said right now of our nation? I mean, let's think about the crazy things going on, mutilation of children, and the potential in our state of saying, if you don't affirm your children to have a sex change, you're going to be guilty of uh, child abuse. What does that mean they might do with it? Think about how wicked our nation is getting and why we need to pay attention to these warnings. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now we look ahead to verses 11 to 17. The earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Isaac, would you please go shut the hallway door if it's not shut? And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make of the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower second and third story shalt thou make it. I want to remind you, this is the type of the church, and remember the tabernacle and all the instructions of how to build that. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Remember, Jesus says it will be just like this on Judgment Day at his return. Now, I want to focus uh, especially on verse 18. But with thee will I establish my covenant And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. So, especially verse 18, but the church is different. If you are in the covenant of grace with Jesus Christ, through his blood of the everlasting covenant, you get in the ark. God saves you from this judgment of the world, this flood of judgment. Uh, Look with me now to chapter 7, and we'll read verses 1 to 24. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before men in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. Uh, Of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. For yet seven days 
And I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood of clean beasts and of beasts that are not clean and of fowls and of everything that creepeth upon the earth. They went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female as God had commanded Noah. Maybe I should also point out in this day and age, notice male and female, male and female. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. They and every beast after his kind and all the cattle after their kind and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. And they went in unto Noah into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lift up above the earth. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth. And the ark went upon the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered, and all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beasts and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land, died. And every living substance was destroyed which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of the heaven, and they were destroyed from the earth. And, they were just, uh, and Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth an hundred and fifty days. And here I want to highlight to you, especially verse 16. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. And then also verse 22. All in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in the dry land died. So notice the distinction. Everyone not in the ark, that is not in the church, not in the way that God prescribes to be delivered from his judgment of the entire world. Living things, including especially mankind, they die. The only way that is to be delivered is to be in covenant in the ark, in the church, in Christ. That's the only way. God's way of deliverance is the only way from his own judgment. And he shows us the way. Notice that as well. Now look at chapter 8, verses 1 to 22. 
And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the 10th month and the 10th month on the first day of the month were the tops of the mountains seen. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. And he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her feet, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet other seven days, and again he sent forth a dove out of the ark. All the dove came into him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked out. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet other seven days and sent forth a dove which returned not again unto him any more. And it came to pass in the six hundredth and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the seventh and twentieth day of the month, was the earth dried. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark. Thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may be bred, uh, excuse me, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, And every fowl and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living, everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Now here I want to uh, point out to you, especially verse 1 of chapter 8. Turn there, back there. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. Notice God's in charge of the waters and the winds of curse, thinking of the hurricane. But notice, they're the only ones living now. God remembers them. God remembers his people in Christ. God knows the names of his people in Christ who bow at the name of Jesus and trust in him. And that's a lot of imagery in the revelation. You want to be in the ark. You want to be in the church. You want to be in Christ. That's the only way to be saved from God's judgment at the end of the world. Again, Jesus says this flood is a type and prefiguration of that. Uh, Look also with me at verse 15. And God spake unto Noah, saying, 
go forth out of the ark. Um, I meant to say, uh, I think verses 15 and 16, go forth out of the ark and uh, go forth out of the, oh, yeah, go forth out of the ark, thy sons and the wives with thee. Notice again, these are the living ones. Everyone else is dead. There's no one else on the earth. The whole earth has been cleansed of wickedness and sin. Now, of course, Noah and his family bring sin with them because they are, uh, it's not yet the final cleansing of the earth, but that's what final judgment day will be, uh, a cleansing of the earth. And all sinners not in Christ will not come back on the earth, but you who are in Christ will come and find a cleansed, renewed earth, and this time without sin because of the resurrection in Christ. Uh, Look with me also at verse 22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. In verse 21 as well, of course, he says, I won't do this again. I won't bring judgment in a flood to the whole world. There will not be another worldwide flood. That does not mean there will not be local floods of devastating impact to continue to remind us of the worldwide flood and point ahead to final judgment of the world and the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus is saying in our text today. But be encouraged by the Noahic covenant. And we do want to remember to take back the rainbow. The rainbow, as we see later in the in, in this story, uh, is God's token. The rainbow's from God as a token that he'll never judge the world completely with water, but he will judge the word again, the world again completely in fire. And that rainbow should be pointing us to want to remember to be in Christ and in the church. Jesus says how to apply this text. He says that the day of the sum, the coming of the son of man will be just like the days of Noah. Total, swift, utter destruction. You don't see it coming, but you should be looking for it. And there'll be no getting away from it once it comes. There'll be no outrunning it. There'll be no hiding from it. And therefore, how does he apply this, what he's saying? We go back to Matthew 24. And by the way, we have preached through the Gospel of Matthew. So I'm not giving a lot of context and discussion of this large chapter leading into chapter 25, the Olivet Discourse relating to end times theology. You can go and listen to those sermons um, uh, in Matthew, if you'd like to hear that. I'm, I'm giving you the main, in, main impact, the main application, which is the same, of how we're to respond to it. Jesus says how to apply this. Look at verses 42 to 44 with me. Watch, therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. And you know, that's helpful to remember. We don't know exactly when the hurricane will hit. You know, it might seem like right now, oh, it's, maybe it's not going to hit. We don't need to worry anymore. You don't know. Watch. Be ready. You'll see signs, but you don't know for sure when. Always be watching that you would be ready. When this comes final judgment like the days of Noah, it's going to wipe out the world once and for all. There'll be no second option. There's no rapture uh, that some have a chance to last longer. No, it's final worldwide judgment. We know the rapture is us, the Christians, being brought up to meet Jesus in the air and then to come back and rejoice in his victory over the world as he comes down to rule forever. Watch. Notice that word, watch. Watch. You need to be prepared. You need to be ready when destruction hits. He gives the illustration of the flood waters of Noah. You need to be ready. You need to stay home. 
You need to have your house ready. You need to be protecting your family. Be ready. You don't know when. Watch. Be prepared. That's how he's applying it. Well, how do you watch? You read your scriptures. You pay attention to what's being said. But uh, in chapter 26, verse 41 in particular, Jesus says, we had a sermon on this recently, watch and pray, therefore, that ye enter not into temptation. Spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. How much of our watching needs to be prayer? Praying, Lord, spare us from this hurricane. Praying, Lord, remind us of what it's warning us about. Praying, Lord, let us warn other people. Pray, be praying regularly, beloved. Don't go about the day like it's any other day and you can be on vacation from judgment at any moment. Be praying, be watching wherever you are all the time. Be giving a witness to the final judgment, the flood of fire at any time. Notice Jesus says, it's going to be like fire next time. It's going to be like fire. We'll see from Peter as well. But it'll be all the same, only it will be completely final. Focus on this text to be watching, to be ready, so you don't drown in the flood of God's final judgment. That's what Jesus is reminding us today. And that's what he's letting us have this hurricane and tropical storm as a reminder and a witness to. Now, I preached while we were going through Matthew uh, on the text, chapter 24, verses 1 through 41. And the message was this, Christ's return is certain. That was the main thing to draw from the text. Christ's return is certain. He is coming. The answer is absolutely amen. It's coming. When the church prays, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. He is coming, certainly. His return is most certain. But it's not like the days that other people think. We don't know when. We don't know exactly when or how. But it is most certain. And that's what we need to be reminded of. It is most certain. It's coming like that enormous hurricane. It's coming. We're all watching. It's coming. But if we're not paying attention, we're not ready, we don't recognize it. But it is certain. The coming of Jesus Christ and his judgment on the world is certain. And then I preached verses 42 of chapter 24 through chapter 25 of verse 46. Here was the application of that. Be watching by preparing, producing, and providing. Be watching by preparing, producing, and providing. Peter draws the same kind of conclusions and the same illusions. 1 Peter 3, 20 to 21, I'll read for you. Which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. Now, of course, the water was lifting them up in the ark, saved by the ark ultimately, but the judgment saving them from the world. The like figure, Peter continues, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So notice Peter's there having us think of the flood waters of Noah and that we want to be saved in Jesus just like they were saved in the ark. Peter will make more of a connection with this in Second Peter. I want to encourage you to turn with me to Second Peter uh, chapter 3. Sorry, it's even a little hard. I forgot to bring the, the more sturdy lectern we have at church home, so I'm using my son's music stand and 
got to hold the Bible, and I'm, I'm just finding everything a little more awkward. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with me. 2 Peter 3, verses 1 to 14. We want to see how the scriptures follow the lead of Jesus in warning about final judgment, comparing it to Noah's flood. And we want to have that in view of being ready, watching, being ready, because you don't know. You don't know when it's coming. 2 Peter 3, verses 1 to 14. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation, the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto the fire, unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, Nevertheless we, nevertheless, we, according to the promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. So notice what's being said there as well. Judgment day is coming in the return of Jesus Christ in the consummation of his kingdom and the whole world will be wiped out just like in the days of Noah. And most of the world, the majority of the world is, they're even mocking. You say Jesus is coming back to judge the, give me a break, what are you talking about? Just in the day of Noah, what flood? Are you kidding me? I don't need to worry about being in the ark until it was too late and they could no longer get into safety and be prepared for the storm that was coming and that would drown them. Jesus and Peter says it is going to be the same on the last great day. You need to be watching. Just like Jesus says, Peter says, like a thief in the night. If you're not watching for the thief when you're not ready, it's too late when he comes. You're not prepared to be protected. And Jesus is saying along with Peter, there's a flood coming, but next time it's fire and it will be absolutely total this time. Totally destroying and cleansing the world of sin once and for all. 
And the only ones who will step back out on the earth are those who are Christians, those who are in Christ, not because of themselves, but because of Christ and trusting to be in him like the ark, being with God's people, not concerned to identify with the world and the majority on the broad way that leads to destruction, but being in Christ, the way, the truth, and the life on the narrow way that leadeth unto life. Few there be that find it. May you find it today. May you know him today before it's too late. There's another scripture I want to turn uh, with, uh, to with you. Revelation chapter 8. This will be the last scripture we turn to. Revelation chapter 8. I want to remind us that we are supposed to be letting these severe warning, uh, warnings of weather be a warning of final judgment like this. Jesus is saying it. Peter is saying it. And Jesus is saying it through uh, Hurricane Hillary today. Whether or not it hits us like we are expecting, the idea of being ready because you don't know when and what will happen, Judgment Day being the ultimate of it. We're going to look at Revelation 8, verses 7 through 13. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees was burnt up, And all green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and half had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers, and upon the fountains of waters, and the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. And I, fell, and, I, and I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet and the three angels which are yet to sound. And what we're seeing here is a third, a third. It means it's not final judgment. All these weather, all these big issues of weather, killing people, judging in all these different ways are warnings. There's more yet to come, and then the end. I, I give you a summary of uh, what this lesson was about. I didn't preach Revelation, but I did teach through Revelation. It is on our sermon audio page on Wednesday nights. And I want to give you a summary of what this vision is about related to what we're looking at today. The first four trumpets of Revelation 8 shows that destruction in the land, sea, and rivers, and luminaries are loud, worldwide gospel warnings, trumpeting to all mankind between the first and second comings of Christ to repent, lest they too shall perish on judgment day. Using Revelation 8, the Christian can always witness the gospel of repentance and faith by pointing to the trumpet blasts of severe natural phenomena. Often when big catastrophic events happen, people say, do you think we're in the last days? Well, as you'll know, my teaching all through Revelation, yes, we're in the last days. 
between the first and second coming of Christ. And it'll keep getting like this, but we're in the last days. Christ is coming back and all of these weather patterns are warnings from God himself, warnings from Christ himself. I'm coming back to judge the world in righteousness. You better watch and be ready for me. The message for this text was this, warn the world through the weather, warn the world through the weather. Beloved Christians, let this weather today be a warning, even if it isn't severe like it's anticipated yet still to be. Say, boy, praise the Lord that he spared us, but this is a warning. We will not be spared it in the end when Jesus returns. That's what Jesus says in Matthew, our text today. That's what Peter says, connecting it to the flood of Noah. That's what is said in the revelation of Jesus here in chapter eight. All of these things are a warning. People are gonna die. People will be destroyed. It's a warning of final judgment, pointing back to Noah, pointing ahead to the return of Jesus Christ. You need to be in the ark. You need to be in the church. You need to be in Christ so that you are delivered by the judgment, not destroyed by it and sent to hell forever to pay for your sins. For those who are listening and will be learning, for those who will be watching to be ready and for you all to give a witness, hear what the Spirit has to say to the church today. This hurricane is not total, and that's part of the promise. God won't flood the whole world. It's not as severe as was thought. The danger is to ignore the next one and not take other warnings as seriously or safely. Here's the danger. If we don't get the floods, if we don't get what we're hearing, we will, catastrophic events, the danger is it's a warning, but we won't heed the warning. And next time, next time could be the big one. And we're not ready because we take it as a joke. We're not letting this warning be a warning of the next one. And then the real flood and the real one does hit and we die because we didn't take it seriously. We start to stop watching and preparing to be ready. And the same thing is the danger today spiritually. Every flood, Katrina or Hillary, every earthquake, every tsunami around the world, every war and rumor of war is a testimony that we are in the end and God is sending his waves of judgments in part, not completely warning of the final one like the day of Noah in the day of the return of Jesus Christ. Will you be taking this warning ready or seriously and be ready or will you say ah see nothing and then go about your days even more like nothing's ever coming like peter says ah they're just doing whatever they wanted who's there's, jesus isn't coming back are you kidding me never seen anything like it. it's not going to happen some people are talking like that today because in southern california they've never seen it happen that doesn't mean it won't wipe them out and they wish they had prepared same thing in the end jesus is saying If you're not watching and ready, if you're not taking the signs of the end seriously, you're in danger of death, ultimately eternal death. The fires of cleansing judgment on the earth will simply send you to everlasting fire of hell, Jesus says. Beloved, life will not always go as usual. There's a day where life will be completely changed and wiped out. Life is not always going to be like the average day. Soon, you will smell judgment coming in the air. You know, I was going around last night getting stuff ready, bringing it here for worship, and I was down at the church, and I particularly, it was starting to sprinkle, and I could smell it. You could smell it. Abraham was noticing earlier in the day, the clouds were changing, the weather was changing, you could feel it, but later at night, you could, you could smell it before it was coming. 
need to let your senses, especially the Holy Spirit speaking by the word, we need to be sensitive to it and recognize it. Because soon you will smell judgment coming in the air before Jesus returns on the clouds with thunder and lightning and his judgment will be swift and awful and absolutely final. And there'll be no opportunity to be delivered after his coming. Better to repent of your sins today. Repentance means change of mind, a turn away around from sin and the world to God and his mercy and his way in Jesus. On the news radio, when we were driving yesterday, we were hearing people saying, don't be driving if you don't have to. And if you're seeing floods and dangers of water, turn around. And they said this message, turn around, don't drown. Turn around. Don't drown. That's the message for all of us from Jesus' day in our text. Turn around from your sin now. Don't drown in the everlasting final floodwaters of fire upon the earth and sending you pouring with it into hell forever with fire. Turn around, turn that you not burn. Turn away from this world and sin that will be wiped out at Christ's return, just like Noah's flood, but completely and finally. Turn around so that you can be walking with him out of the ark of the church in Christ onto the new heavens and new earth to enjoy forever where there'll be no sin and no danger and no more separation, no sea, no floods, but fellowship around God and the Lamb and the Holy Spirit together. Judgment is coming. Judgment day is coming. It is most certainly coming at any moment, but you don't know when. And if you're not ready and prepared, it'll be too late. That's the message for the world. That's the message for Christians to stay ready. You need to always be watching. You need to always be ready. You rest and you relax in heaven. Never before. Let Hurricane Hillary speak to your soul this morning and let it speak through you this week to the world. Watch and be ready. Jesus points with this weather, Revelation 8, watch and be ready. Look back to the flood of Noah. Look ahead to Christ's return. Watch and be ready. You do not know when this hour is that the Son of Man comes, but when he comes, it will be like the flood waters. Watch. And be ready. This is the message for you today. Watch and be ready. Let us pray that God would have us do so. Oh Lord God, we confess our sins that we are often in a stupor and we can't stay awake like your disciples, your apostles with Christ that one night. We confess, Lord, we are so easily distracted by the entertainment of the world and our own sin and sluggishness and lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and pride of life. We are so quick to give our attention to the devil who says, don't worry, don't take these things so seriously. Have fun and play. There's another day to be thinking about this. When Jesus says, you fool, another parable, tonight your soul is required of you. Lord, let us be wise like the wise virgins and have our lamps trimmed and burning. Lord, let us be watching, always watching the signs, always reading your scripture, always be smelling the air, and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Lord, let us be ready and prepared by watching and praying, trusting the Lord Jesus Christ and not being brought down under the currents of your judgment over this world by the pouring out of fire, dragging us into the hell, fires of hell.
Rather, Holy Spirit, bubble up your living waters in us and let us wade in the river of life in heaven. Thankful to look back and say, thank you, Jesus, for warning us. Thank you for warning us through your scriptures, through your preachers, through our brethren. Thank you for warning us through the weather that we would watch and be ready and be rescued in Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray and all your people said, amen.